All right, welcome back to the podcast from Mr. Stories class. Today, we're going to be talking for my American history class about the economy in the United States after World War One, And we're going to be talking about how this really, this economy blew up and boomed. But it didn't start as a blow up and a boom. Because actually, at first, just like we're dealing with here in the United States today, back in 1918, I mentioned this in the last podcast, they are also dealing with a pandemic. And it's still destroying our nation in 1918. 18 is we're getting all the way up to this. As a matter of fact, more people are going to die in the United States from this pandemic than actually died in, uh, that were American in World War One, And that's just kind of a crazy thing to start about. But at that point, what we're going to get is two Ohioans are actually going to run for president against each other in Warren G. Harding versus James M. Cox. And Warren G. Harding comes back with this idea, and this is honestly the the theory that you would have if you were running for president today, if both, if there wasn't an incumbent president, that's, we're going to return this to normalcy. We're going to return everything back to normal. Here's the problem. This was not a normal election. This is the first time women vote. This is, you know, there is no normalcy. They're just off pandemic. We're just off a of world war. Women are voting. We're also in a recession. People were losing money at this point. That's all going to quickly start to change. The post-war recession is actually aided by a couple of things. And that's that women and African-American who saw really great times at home during World War I because they were relied upon to either be within the factory or providing some type of good or service for the rest of us. They now had nothing. And they quickly lost their job. This is going to lead to race riots where in the city of Chicago, there's a drowning of a young African-American man by whites. They threw a rock at his head while he was on a raft and they drowned him in Lake Michigan. And after that, there's 13 days of civil unrest. 13 days for this. 1921, several years later. There's violence in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when African-American men, most of them were returning veterans, tried to protect a young American man from being lynched. Getting hung from a tree. And there were just massive race riots in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And at least 10 whites were killed and 26 African-Americans were killed. All in the name of the fact that African Americans really wanted this equality now. And they were at a place where they were ready for the equality. And they felt that the equality was truly theirs and should be theirs. And it should be. The white America was not ready for it, though. That takes us more into the economy. Because another big problem is going to happen is that there is going to be a huge rise in prices or inflation throughout our country. And that inflation is going to be because for the first time, Americans are going to rush out there to buy goods. We, you know, during World War One, we didn't allow them to buy as many things as we want. We rationed things out for the people and now you can get consumer goods. So they were all excited. So they spent all this money. Here's the problem is that the wages never balanced out with the rise in prices. So we certain people couldn't afford anything and certain people weren't getting paid enough to afford the product they built. All these things are going to start changing, but there is another, you know, kind of problem with this inflation is that the workers really want it. In 1919, more than 4 million workers or 20% of the workforce at some point in time 
they went on strike. They demanded rewards for their wartime patriotism. They wanted higher wages, shorter work days. In Boston, it's going to even come down to the police force that's going to step up. But here's what really helped America get going is that we became a world power when we stepped in, not because we helped them win the war, although the narrative has always been that really we just showed up at the right time. What's really going to happen here is that Britain and France need money. And so they're going to ask to borrow money from the United States. And for the first time, the United States is going to become the largest creditor nation in the world, meaning that other countries are going to owe us more than we owe them. And that changes, that flips the scripts. Other nations needed to rely on the United States and make sure that we were healthy economy, economically, excuse me, so that we can keep the rest of the world almost going to a certain degree. This takes us back to more home front news. We're going to talk about Henry Automobile or Henry Ford and the automobile and what happened. And this all kind of gets started with from 1918 to 1919 recession. 1920 to 1921, bigger recession. And then after that, the economy is going to erupt. There is very rarely in the history has any country anywhere in the world experienced such a economic boom as it did during the 1920s. Everything produced more goods. Stock prices went rapidly. Wages went on the rise. You could afford to buy more things. All these great things are happening. But it's all going to kind of start with this idea of Henry Ford. He's going to really push a lot of these movements into place because he's going to come up with this idea of mass production and rapidly manufacturing large numbers. Let me rephrase that. He doesn't come up with the idea, but what he did do was he made it better. So he took this idea that like, hey, there's five pieces in a sewing machine. That number is wrong. And you use that and you can make it all really quick. Let's use that with a car. Because what that's going to do for the car is that's going to drop the price of the car significantly. And so the first car they have is a Model T that he's going to introduce. And in 1908, that is a reliable car that the average American could afford-ish. It wasn't the best car. It was $850 uh, for the Model T at the time. Ford then, he's going to move his plant to the Detroit River in Detroit, Michigan, just down the road here from us in Toledo. And what he's going to do is he's going to go in and he's going to say, listen, this gives us access to glass, oil, rubber, steel, everything we need to make this car even better. And as we can make this car even better, we're going to look at different methods of how we're going to do things. We're going to take this assembly line, give everybody a piece of the pie that they need to put on there and put on the wage. And what he's going to do is within two years of getting this technology down, and getting the assembly line working, a car that used to take 12 hours to make can now be made in 90 minutes. Meaning he can overproduce cars and charge less for the cars so that everybody will buy his automobile. The cost of a Model T goes from $350 in 1916 to 290. $60 change, big change in a lot of time. In 1919, 10% of families own a car. By the time it's 1927, 56% of families did. He's also able to double the wages of his workers so that they're more likely to work for him. $2.35 an hour or a day, excuse me, to $5 a day. 
Workday goes from nine hours to eight. No more weekend work for you. Congratulations, we're gonna go. And because we have a car, what that means is that we have to build things everywhere else too. This isn't just what we build in one area. That means we need roads. That means we need more oil, we need more steel, we need more glass. It's growth everywhere. And that's what we saw in the 1920s is just huge economic growth throughout our country. We got a consumer revolution. People want the affordable goods. They want the cheap stuff. They wanna spend their money. For the first time we're talking about buying Kleenex and Listerine and bragging about it. We got advertisements in magazines and newspapers. They're really trying to get you to grab what you really need because you don't know if today's your last day. They're also going to introduce something called installment buying. And installment buying is this process just like we have with credit cards today. Well, I'm gonna make a little bit of a down payment and then I'm gonna pay on it each and every month. This makes the stock market rise and then it also creates something called buying on the margin, which is another form of credit, except for instead of doing it with a product, you're doing it with a stock. So if you never can buy on the credit and pay off your loan, you owe that money to the, the person you borrowed it from. But your goal was to hopefully get out of the stock market before any of that. All of these things led to this new culture within the United States. People move to cities uh, during this time. So you're gonna have skyscrapers building cities up. African-Americans are gonna leave the South and come up to the North and the cities like Cleveland and Toledo, Detroit, Chicago, Milwaukee, all rapidly grow with people because African-Americans coming up from the South where they thought they had a better chance. Skyscrapers are gonna go up. And when the skyscrapers go up, it creates more of a place for people to live. It pushes things out. But also we're gonna start growing wider. We're gonna take over more areas and the suburbs are going to go and mass transit. And the idea of automobile, that means I don't have to live in the backyard of where I work and I can kind of change things in another way. Many Americans, however, still faced a lot of challenges and those are gonna be the people who live out in the country. And they just, the economic boom didn't keep up with them. The country was left to die or the rural areas were left to die. And with that, industrial wages rise slowly. Farmers' wages rise slowly and they're starting to see a problem on the outside. Now, before we can continue moving on in a time chance, that took us almost all the way up to 1929, what we have to start looking at is what happens with the government. And if you stick to next week, that'll be what we talk about. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Goodbye.